Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi everyone, this is Quick Resume episode 48. Thanks for tuning in. Today we've got a few things, a few spicy things to speak about. The Halo show is out first and foremost. There's been talks of Tango doing another game. Uh, and the Halo show has also set records on Premier Plus, would you believe it? There's been more acquisitions. All stuff that's going to be discussed today uh, on the Quick Resume podcast. If you haven't been here before, uh, my name's Deck. That's Tim over there. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, and we've been doing this for 48 episodes now, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> we're coming up to 50. <laughs> it's uh, like six more episodes and we'll be on, on a year's worth, which is weird because I, I don't feel like we started like so early. That would mean we started like around May last year, and I really don't feel like we did. But Yeah, I feel like we started definitely close to our birthdays last year. Um, I don't know. There was just some sort of weird special energy around. we just yeah we just <laughs> kind of wanted to do it but it has flown by for sure um yeah. and i think that's just because it's quite it just becomes kind of routine i guess right sunday is just the sort of podcast podcast day and it's just it's quite chill it's quite fun um and yeah time flies time yeah. flies it's qrp day yeah yeah awesome well i mean there is um a number of things i this is um, i'm looking forward to doing this because there's a lot of fun things to speak about i think um but i mean first of all most like let's sort of do a check-in how how are you what have you how have you been what have you been playing etc etc um yeah no i've been good um same old same old in terms of personal life nothing too crazy um i mean at least from my end i mean my i my, my brother actually managed to get his new house this week so oh nice we, we've been celebrating that which is which is pretty cool but doesn't really doesn't really you know do anything for me but you know it's news i guess yeah it's 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 not it's a tricky time to buy so that's that's a pretty big achievement Uh, yeah yeah they've been having they've been having a a lot of uh of trouble with that trying to lock stuff down It's, it's kind of crazy out there in the market at the moment horrible um uh, but yeah, no. Apart from that, just just pretty chill. Um, just same old, same old work and stuff. Um, and yeah, as far as gaming is concerned, Elden Ring, and um, obviously we've been doing a bit of Tiny Tina's as well since that yeah. came out on Friday. Um, yeah. Which is uh, yeah, which has been a bit mixed. I mean, are, are we sort of going to go into this in the sort of startup, or is there like a? Yeah, we will. We'll have we'll have right. like a yeah, an honorable. I'll let you do your check in as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's been kind of a little bit mixed. I think the overall experience for for Tina's, um, I think the overall package is really good for anyone who wants to buy it. Like, I do think there's a it's a really good game in there, and I think there's a lot of content, a lot of stuff to do, um, and it's funny. Like, it's great. Like the writing in it's fantastic, and the setting and stuff like that. But we've just, I think the, the the technical difficulties have been bumming us out a little bit. Um, I think more so than the actual uh, gameplay experience when we're actually playing it ourselves. But yeah, but yeah, no, that, that's 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 kind of that's kind of it for me this week, to be honest. Nothing. Sure. nothing did you did you play a bit of Apex this week, or did I make that up? Oh yeah, yeah, I did play Apex. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten to the point where I should just stop mentioning Apex. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a given. Yeah. 
yeah exactly that, that's the game i'm always kind of playing when i feel like an fps um and uh yeah it's, it's been kind of good to get back into that to be honest because it has been a while um and um yeah I'm, I'm about to drop a hot sum of money on it as well which i'm kind of not looking forward to but I, feel like I, I feel like <laughs> you i don't have, have to. to man <laughs> i feel like i have to it's my i'm not looking character. forward to it like, like it's an I impending li- disaster i literally have like a poster of him right right <clears throat> above me he's like my favorite character and he's no, that was from me as well yeah. It was from you. Yeah, yeah. I have to honour you. Oh, fuck. He's uh, got me now. <laughs> He's got me by the heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is what I come to... Yeah, I was going to ask you if you wanted to go halves. What, on the it. heirloom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No? I'm okay. going to I'm gonna say no, but I appreciate the <laughs> offer, I think. I think that was an yeah. offer. I, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm about to... So what? I'm just trying to remember... the. On average, like an heirloom and like a collection event in that game is like what, like a hundred and fifty quid, I think. <laughs> if you're like, it depends how many it's crafting mental. mats you have. You yeah, you're usually looking for those. Oh my god! Have oh my I god. have like one thousand four hundred, maybe like one epic skin or two. Well, yeah, I mean, what's the biggest? The biggest <laughs> bundle of um, coins is like ten grand, isn't it? Or it's like nine grand, but you get an extra fifteen hundred free, so you get ten. Yeah, five hundred or something. They've recently done the the whole like um, thing where they they bundle it together, right? Like you can get like a skin in the event plus seven packs, a skin in the event plus five packs. So that tends to save you a little bit more money than like the old school collection events, right? But I'm still thinking it's going to be about it's going to be a hundred quid plus, easy, easy. Uh, so, mm. but he's got a samurai sword, man. That's cool as fuck. He's got a samurai sword. Simping like, samurai I haven't. Sword. <laughs> I think. I think I'm not. I'm not just going to blow my load on it instantly. I think I will watch a couple of videos, and I'll be like, if the animations are cool, then great. You of know, course they will be. Like it's my favorite character. If I like the vibe of the heirloom, I, I probably will um, get it. But if it's not really doing anything for me, because a few heirlooms in that game have done that for me, like like the Bangalore heirloom and stuff like that, like. They're not that cool. Like it didn't really twist my arm to buy it when I when I looked at it. So we'll have to wait and see. But okay, man. Well, my condolences yeah. to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, on my end, I uh, yeah, I've just been playing Elden Ring. I really thought about booting up Tunic, but I'm still, I still feel like it's it's not hasn't been long enough since Death's Door, even though that was like a year ago. I don't know. Um, I, I just don't feel ready to play yet. And it's just not, like I said last week, it's not vibing with me as hard as, like, just looking at it online, mm-hmm. um, as hard as Death Store was. But I, I think I'd like to give it a shot at some point. Um, the, yeah, then other yeah. than that, it's just I'm on my second through of Elden Ring now. Second playthrough. Um, and yeah, I've just been playing Tina's. Um, in terms of, I think I, think I said you didn't know, I was playing um, badminton this week and I just, like, straight up. <laughs> collapsed yeah. <laughs> like a mid rally like um yeah. like the final game came down yeah, to the I'm wire right. yeah my leg and it's never happened to me before um i think i yeah i just i jumped off the ground leg cramped landed did a couple of like little bunny hops <laughs> like on my left leg i just like slapped yeah. onto the ground i was like oh this is bad like because it was like you, you played to 21 who everybody everybody doesn't know badminton side it was like 16 or when we just come back from like 15 9 so we'd fight we were like this is the final game you know the tiebreaker best of three sort of yeah. thing um 
and and then they gained a couple on us to 1816 because my partner was trying to cover me um and then i just got like a surge of like get a surge of like gamer energy like proper like adrenaline and i was like play normally i'm fine <laughs> i'm fine <laughs> i mean we ended up winning in the end it was great um but um it turns out i got told after the match ended i, I going in i was like it's going to come down to your game. Like you need to win for us to win. Turns out the other two lost anyway. So we lost the whole match four, five overall oh, rather than winning five, four. I know. Sorry. I injured, I fucking injured myself and I've been like limping around for days now. It's my legs still really hurts. Yeah. I was about to say, cause I mean, I guess I had a, a very, I guess it was similar experience. Cause I'm getting into like running and I'm trying to do a bit, a bit more exercise these days, which is why I have this little band around my arm as well. Um, mm. And, uh, I had, yeah, I had some cramp on a run, but like, you, you know, where it's like really, cause you can get cramp that actually damages your muscles. Like, like if you get bad cramp, it's not just it like, like... Oh, stretch it, stretch <laughs> it and you go away. Like there is a thing where it's like, there's this in between where it's like, it's not a pull. It's not like, obviously it's not anything worse. Like a tear. Like I've had a tear, a tear is like, it's like a broken bone, a tear. Um, but yeah, cramp can genuinely like it can happen in the moment, and it can have lasting effects on the muscles. It like repairs itself and stuff like that. Like you can like cramp can genuinely be an injury. It's not just like a two minute thing you get over. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably what you had. I think you just had a really bad case of cramps, and your muscles are just very strained, and they're now just yeah, they're still kind of repairing. Um, and I, I had the same thing on a run, and I can still feel it in my leg as well because I was planning on going for a run today. And I still don't think I'm I'm kind of ready, even like two, three days later. Um, yeah. And I don't want to risk it either um, because, yeah, otherwise it's just my, my cricket season starting really soon and it's just not worth it. Um, but yeah, it's just a sign of, you know, you're just doing too much for your body, I think, because um, I've been ramping up. I've been in running like crazy and I think it's finally just caught up on my body and it was like, enough! <laughs> it was like, take three days, stop. Um and like you said, like it was quite an intense match. Um, you're still yeah. getting back into your fitness and stuff like that as well. I feel like your body probably just got to a point where it's like, you know, take it down a notch, bro. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. I know. I've yeah. got I've got another match tomorrow. Also Monday, whenever this whenever we decide to oh, wear really? this. Yeah, so I'm hoping you're actually gonna play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'll have to take it easy a bit. But I I think part of it is like it doesn't feel like it just feels like sore like um so you know i'm gonna try and get some maybe heat on it i haven't like put any heat on it or anything until now um but i, like, rice, I think mate. once once i get moving i think it'll be okay you're supposed to do rice 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 which is rest oh, right. uh, oh <laughs> rest ice compress and uh elevate right yeah that's good and is that not, is that not for acute is, injuries? Well, no, it's just kind of like any muscle injury, like muscle oh, fatigue and just in that case, tears, all that sort of stuff. Um, there you go. Get your foot up there. <laughs> show, show the viewers how flexible you are. Um, yeah, so yeah, you're, you're supposed to yeah, by compress, obviously, you just like wear like a tight skin around it or something just to keep the muscle together a little bit more. Um, but yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. With well, that sounds injuries. great. I mean, this is just the sort of knowledge you can get when you come in and you listen to the Quick Resume podcast. You know, you think you're coming rice. in here for games, you're learning about rice. So you, you, yeah. you leave, you come for games, you leave with rice. Exactly. <laughs> Name somewhere you're else welcome. you get that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, that was a side tangent, but um, yeah, it's just been a bit of Elden Ring and um, Wonderlands for me. I'm like, in terms of life for Elden Ring, I'm kind of like just boss rushing at the moment because um, I've got like a new build. And obviously I was helping you a bit, like do do some stuff. Um, or not. Your build's cool as fuck. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. Um, yeah. it, it was, I feel like thinking about it, like ever since the end of my last playthrough, I was like, I want to do like blood, <laughs> like, and is then like, like dragon damage. Dragon is it like... It's a lot of the stuff you do. Is it like self harm magic? Does it hurt hurt you in any way, or do you literally? Is it just it, you just cover everything in blood? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, you know, it's not none of it's. Um, yeah, it requires like HP as the as the mana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Because it, there are some spells that do that, but I'm not like they need higher faith. Like I, most of my points are in arcane for like the dragon spells mm. and the, like as like you know by coincidence i can also use some uh faith incantations as a result um but mostly it's just a legendary sword that does really good bleed damage um and then yeah dragon spells but yeah it's um yeah. it's really cool um I, I did want to use try and use like a like have a shield build because there's, they've done a lot of cool stuff with shields and all but um yeah, yeah uh, shield's kind of cool i went with this in the end but yeah maybe later. what's your like uh because i've i've told you this as well in my next playthrough i kind of want to go or even this playthrough, because I'm expecting to it right now. How many? What's your catalogue of madness spells? You know, like the fire pyromancies that cause madness. I've still only found one, and I, I really want to get more. I have like four. Um, Do you have the one where you can shoot lasers out of your eyes? I want that one. I don't know. I, I did see a gif of that the other day on like, on Twitter. Um, yeah, I want that shit. But, but it's like really busted for PvP apparently at the moment, because you just like stunlock people. You hit someone oh, really? once and they're like, ah, and then you just hit them again and they're like, ah, and oh, you just keep God. hitting them. Um, yeah. I love it. Um, I'm so yeah, I have like three or four, but yeah, I know what you mean. I quite like that. Um, those, yeah, those I don't want to go to Google though. There's a part of me that this game is just, it's so big. I feel like I'm going to have to Google it if I want a specific build. Like there's yeah. no way I'm going to find everything in this game. Like uh, I'd have to quit my job. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. I'd have to cut ties with family and friends and everything <laughs> to yeah, be able to that, do this. That's probably okay, especially as you're coming towards like the back third of the game. Like just one thing here and there, I don't think makes a difference. But it, the the people that like you know boot up the game for the first ten minutes and are like best builds in Elden Ring, you know, yeah. oh great, and I'll just do, I'll just beeline to all those items so that I can trivialize you know the, the opening like ten hours of the game. That's and like. I just, I, just imagine, yeah. you can just imagine how many people have done that as well. You know, where they just go past that first mm. little village, they fight Margaret, they get their ass handed to them once, and yeah. then they just go straight to Google. Like, I, so much of the player base has probably done that. It is ridiculous. Because well, I only found out, because I knew when we were playing, and I was obviously playing like in intelligence, like high, like, like int decks, like sorcerer sort of stuff. I, a lot of people kept yeah. going on about the meteor, meteorite stuff. And I didn't have that. Like I had found um, that other one. We, we found it together. It was like, uh, what was it called? The demigod stuff? Yeah, demigod. And, it, it, and it's like good. It's like decent. Um, yeah. But this meteorite stuff starts with S scaling. And as it turns out, it's like right in Kalid. And you can just beeline there, grab it, and then come back. And like for, for like you know, the opening thirty hours of the game, yeah. you've got like hyper powerful spells, and it has like an additional thing where it's like um, does more power with meteor. You know, the purple meteorite sort of like gravity spells. 
Um, yeah. But like nobody was specking into that really because a lot of that's like you get a lot of those spells later in the game. But nonetheless, I didn't I, I didn't realize a lot of people were like cheesing that early game. Like because I, I, I obviously just didn't look it up. But a lot of people just did and they just ran straight to it, nabbed it, and that's it. All your spells are rest, like S tier scaling now. Um, yeah, I've heard. Uh... I've heard a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of distaste in the community for uh, for spells in this game. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm just scrolling through like social media and stuff like that while on the toilet or something. But like, there's like a load of memes going around and stuff that like spells are like easy easy mode in this game. Well, that um, that's that's the Souls like community that. for every game, isn't it? They're like, unless you're using sword and board and you're naked, it's not you're not you're cheating. And it's like, why are you like gatekeep the difficulty like? Yeah, mate. Unless you're beating these bosses with a giant greatsword, you're not really beating them. And I, I, I completely agree. Being a giant greatsword wielder myself, <laughs> yeah, you, you suck. You suck, kid. Sorry, guys. Get good. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably should. One attack good. every three minutes. <laughs> That's how That's we it. do it. It's Jump easy. A- Learn the patterns. Jump attack, cheese. Um, yeah, people have been saying the same thing about like summons, like like everything. People are like, you can't use this, can't use that. It makes it too yeah. easy, and it's just like at some point you Some... just have to draw the line and be like just like play the play, play the game enjoy the game how you want because yeah. i think I, I i i had this trouble like myself when i was trying to get like beth into games because um and i think it usually comes from a good place that's the thing because uh, like when we were like playing through like halo or like i was watching her play Hellbirds, you know you do this like take like you know take in the environment there go there but like she just didn't want to do that and mm. it's, it's only because it's like i've had this like great experience with these games and i, just, I want you to like feel the same and you, at some point you just have to realize that like, it's just not how that works you know um so if yeah. you need to like go to google and do that to get enjoyment out of it or you need to like run past all the dialogue to get enjoyment out of it by all means <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, approach the game however you want. It's just, um, yeah, I guess we're just we're just soul snobs. I think when it comes to that sort of thing, like we've always just gritted our way through it and not really gone to Google. So I think we're just, yeah, it's, we're just speaking at it from our point of view. Um, no, no shame to anyone that does do that, um, because yeah, there's a lot of people that might not be as hardcore as us or as into it as us, or they have so much less time than us, so they need to. You know, each to their own. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Great. Well, I mean, that's um, that's sort of a bit of our check-in. So, I, so I want to. Um, we have <clears throat> a series of like big news stories this week. Um, like I mentioned at the top, uh, but I want to start with some honourable mentions because there have been a lot of other smaller things. And the first thing is the Ghostwire Tokyo came out this week, um, mm. which was happened to be on on Tim's uh, fantasy critic as well. Um, it's currently sitting at 76 on Open Critic, um, which really? is obviously pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. I thought it was in the 80s. I was anticipating, I we, we both thought it would get like low 80s last week. So this is a bit lower than expectations. I thought, and I don't know, I guess, have you like heard any like previews or reviews or like heard anybody talk about it? Like what's your sense for that? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of reviews on it and stuff like that. Um, I feel like the main complaint that people are getting out of it, from what I could see at least, was the um, the combat. I think people felt like was a little. It looks flashy, but it's a little bit basic, and it gets a bit samey and stuff like that. And it's it like a cu- a couple of the complaints I saw from multiple reviewers was there's kind of like you could basically approach any combat situation the same way 
and sort of come out victorious sort of thing. Like, the game doesn't force you to use, like, your whole arsenal of, like, spells and abilities or something like that. You can kind of just, like, do the same thing. And, like, the AI isn't particularly smart or cunning or anything like that. You can kind of just cheese most combat scenarios doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's that's kind of what I got from it. And then a lot of people said that's kind of what let it down. But um, I feel like everyone was very happy with the visuals of, you know, Tokyo and all the monsters and spells and all that sort of stuff. And I think the story was relatively well received as well. Um, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was just the combat that kind of let it down was the sort of vibe I was getting a little bit. Okay. I I think I I got the sense that um, combat was generally quite fun. The world was really good, uh, but there was like Mm. quite a lot of like mixed, um, like questing because apparently it's like quite it's quite uber softy like it, it, and nobody expected that from what we saw but when you actually get to the game it's like here's a big map here's loads of icons yeah, <clears throat> and as, as interesting yeah. as the world is a lot of the side quests are like kind of basic a little bit fetchy um yeah yeah that that was the sense i got from what i'd listened to um you know and, and one thing actually and you know you hear all of that and you're like okay well you know varies from person to person maybe i will like it when we get to play it next year um one thing that i read that somebody said was there's no field of view slider and i was like five out of ten. five out of fucking ten don't give me a first person game anymore that doesn't have a field of view slider it's so triggering and it's like because i because i like that and i seek out games and play more games that have field of view sliders when they don't, it's su- it sticks out like such a sore yeah. thumb. Like it's almost nauseating because I'm like, I don't know, I can't even figure out what's going on. I've got like, blinders on. Yeah, yeah. One, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of like the whole thirty to sixty FPS deal, isn't it? Like once you once you go to sixty FPS, going back to thirty is grim. It's like once you play a game that lets you crank that field of view slider, every other first person just. Yeah, it just feels like you said nauseating and just strange. I can, I yeah, I I completely agree. I didn't know it didn't have a field of view slider, and that is actually quite a negative um, for me. Hopefully, they'll add it by the time we get it next next year. But um, yeah, I, I was overall a little bit disappointed with the performance of Ghostwire. I thought it, it like yeah. looked really unique, and obviously Tango are a good studio doing Evil Within and whatnot. And I know this is like maybe a step in a direct different direction from them, and maybe that's kind of like a represent like the scores are maybe a representation of this being their first foray into kind of action you know mm. um but nonetheless you know 76 is pretty respectable and if you're into like um these like, this kind of like you know neon unique world then maybe this this will still be for you it doesn't sound like it drags on if you beeline the story sort of thing so i'm, I'm you know it, it still sounds kind of interesting i don't know if i'll end up playing this by the time it comes out like my mind's more set on like death loop and because by the time think this starts coming out it's going to be 23 you know xbox we're gonna have shit to it's play gonna be a lot of stuff exactly yeah. um whereas this year death loop's gonna come out in the back half of the year where there's xbox are gonna finally be getting some stuff out because that man they've been so quiet for so long now so um mm-hmm. but yeah any closing thoughts at all on uh on ghostwire <clears throat> yeah yeah i mean o- overall i'm the same as you I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed with how how it's done and that's not to say it's done badly i just expected a little bit more like a, a, a mid 70s game is still a very good <coughs> game um there's this misconception that if a game doesn't get an eight or above then it's not worth your money it's just like no it's still a very good game um 
I just kind of the feel of it and what I saw early on. I just, yeah, I just expected a little bit more, but um, and it's a shame because everything in my fancy critic is just seems to be just going a little bit below par and it's just like yeah yeah, it's starting to really get sorry get to me dude i thought i picked like a a good list of games and i did like like most people when they looked at my list were like yeah that's that's a pretty good draft man like everything is just kind of just underperformed just a little bit and then the last of i don't want to talk about um what was it uh life is strange life is strange remaster like Develop like 62 or something like, like yeah i'm coming for you <laughs> that remaster like how could you fuck up how could a remaster run worse than the originals just don't yeah. get me started <laughs> considering yeah considering the originals were like uh, eight and above yeah, yeah. Oof, like, gen- yeah genuinely the performance was like worse than the originals <laughs> like it was choppier and it, it like performed worse like, how does that happen <laughs> it's a remaster yeah i don't oh, know dude god it's like if Diablo 2 remaster would fucking ran worse than like the 1990 fucking Diablo 2. Yeah. Or 1980, whenever it came out. It was 1990, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, that, that it does suck. And I, I think you, you had quite a um, quite a few spicy picks where I think a lot of other people, to begin with, have just gone with safe bets. Like you, yeah. you had like high risk, high reward kind of thing with like Ghostwire. Um, but it just kind of sucked because like, I will, I was like the fifth pick for like the first game, so like everything was just snapped up instantly. God of War went, Horizon went, Elden Ring yeah. went, and I was just like, oh, what, "What have I got then?" I think I like first picked the Cuphead DLC, which will be a <laughs> banger to be fair. It will like, if it comes like, out. That, that that will be a solid nine if it comes out. Yeah, like, everyone fucking loves Cuphead, everyone and it's actually it. got quite a lot of hype behind it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah okay well and i guess um uh just what it's worth touching on because it was a new story that, that came out and they were talking about ghost with the developers um over at tango were talking about um uh ghostwire they said that they're working on a new game so new stuff's already in development not a huge surprise that's the complete opposite of horror so it seems like and, and a lot of like what they've been talking about seems that it doesn't necessarily mean they're moving away from horror but they're just like experimenting with more actiony adventurous stuff which is maybe kind of a representation of what Ghostwire was to them like it was a bit of an experiment um it was you know yeah. a prototype to move in that direction and see what they need you know what holes need plugging um so i'm interested in that because you would have thought this is the sort of thing i would have expected them to do before they got acquired by xbox like oh we need to go more like mass appeal like broad audience because horror is quite niche um yeah. But nonetheless, they, they want, it seems like they want to go into, well, I'm assuming it's more action adventure. They say the complete opposite of horror. So that's quote word for word. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what that, I'm assuming that's what it means. Um, but yeah, that, that's what's happening next. So we'll have to wait and see what, what does come next. Um, by that time, it will likely be an exclusive game. So hopefully they've learned some lessons, um, from mm-hmm. Ghostwire here and uh, can apply it to whatever comes next. Yeah. Hopefully. I've all right, well, next up then um, is Wonderlands, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And this is what we've been playing all week uh, because uh, for anybody who doesn't already know, me and Tim play most of our games together. So um, usually that is the case for any sort of card game that we speak about. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is currently sitting on a 79 on Open Critic. It came down, it was on an 81 
when it's in its original like 40 reviews i think and it just slowly chipped down um i think on metacritic it's still on 80 but on open i, I always use open critic um and so that got chipped down uh to 79 um which is still obviously very good borderlands 3 came in at an 81 just for um you know just for comparison and borderlands 2 was 89 if i remember correctly um with the pre-sequel being like 74 i think or 75 so this puts it on kind of like middle of the pack um what are your overall thoughts about what we've played probably about 10 hours now haven't we about 10 hours of wonderland yeah yeah i'd say so um yeah i mean my overall thoughts i touched on it a little bit at the beginning um i'm very happy with with the products like i think I think the the whole like setting obviously is fantastic. Uh, the writing is great, um, and the the voice actor performances, in all honesty, are the best part of it so far. Um, with like Will Arnett as the main villain and Andy Sandberg as as one of the um, main characters as well. And who was the other one who plays that robot? It's another one. Oh, uh, Wonder Sykes. Wonder Sykes. Yeah. Um, so obviously really really great performances from them like the dialogue is genuinely funny uh like a lot of borderlands 3 like fell quite flat but i think with this one it's just it's just a freedom to just do whatever they want like it's just so random and it's just so great um so yeah proper proper really good there i'd say like actual uh writing and dialogue is like a solid nine for me at the moment like it's yeah. it's, it's, it's like borderlands 2 levels it, it does feel like yeah yeah and i think this setting just is really good um for borderlands i think it's good that they took it in this direction and gave it its own standalone game Mm -hmm. because it just allows them to do literally anything i mean what we saw last night in a quest i won't spoiler um that was just that was just mental (laughs) like like what what was that and it was just it's just complete chaos and it's just that was like an um, elden ring quest that was that was unbelievable yeah yeah and it was just um yeah, it was. It's it's just really good at the moment. Um, but obviously, where it and obviously, I'll touch on the design as well. I think the way that they've actually like designed the weapons, I think it's really cool. Like they've given everything like a bit of like a fantasy vibe, while also still keeping it gun guns and stuff like that. Gun um, guns, gun guns. Yeah. <laughs> so like a lot of like the assault rifles now are like fully automatic, like crossbows and stuff like that, and the pistols are like little crossbows. Um, and like the shotguns and stuff have like little crystals that you like sprinkle dust on and it fires (laughs) like a wave of like, so it's like guns, but mixed with magic. It's like that cool hybrid, um, which I think is really cool. Um, and I think it's a neat touch because there was a part of me that thought maybe they'll just shoehorn so many of the designs from Borderlands 3 into this and cut corners. Um, so I was quite surprised when I saw quite a lot of unique models. Yeah, uh, yeah. sure. There are a lot of reused assets as well. Um, like a hundred percent and like the biggest disappointment for me is one, the technical difficulties, um, co-op and, oh, he's gone. He's gone. (laughs) What happens to you, dude? Wouldn't be an episode of QR without some technical difficulties, would it? Um, yeah. So, what was I saying? Uh, the 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 technical issues in uh, in Tinas, um Yeah. So the co-op has been down uh, quite a bit. Like the social features, like joining each other's games and just co-op. 
that's been down quite a lot since we've been playing over the weekend. Um, I mean, it was fine like most of yesterday, I guess. But at one point, I'd say a good quarter of the time the game was out, if not longer, between Friday and sort of Saturday afternoon. Um, it the car just now, you know, yeah. which is which is truly pretty shocking, if I'm honest. Um, no, it was ridiculous. Like, absolutely know, ridiculous. You spend like 65, 70 quid on this game. It is a co-op game. Like, no one out there is playing Borderlands for an entirely solo experience, let's be honest. Pretty much, I'd say, it's a random number, but I'd say the majority of people are playing this for co-op. Um, yeah. But it's down 25, 30% of the time, and it's just not functioning. Uh, that sucks, and we had to boot up other games and play them while they they fix their servers and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, we gave you money, guys. You kind of just want to play your game. Um, yeah. Shout, so out to, shout out to speedrunners, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speedrunners got us through all of the uh, all of the, uh, the, the the downtime from Tiny Tina's. And speedrunners is a banger. It's a banger of a game, man. <laughs> Turns out it is. Yeah. It's. So. Uh, it's definitely one of those games where I feel like these little indie games uh, really just bring out a different side in you, Deck. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but you, you, oh my God, it's just so intense and just, mate, I admire it. You're in it to win it, <laughs> but you are, you just, you got a bit of a fucking screw loose when you play games like that. You I was a bit. bit- unhinged <laughs> I yeah. did feel a bit unhinged super unhinged when you lose you're raging when you win you're just sh- still shouting at us <laughs> and calling us names and laughing and uh, it's just hilarious um, but yeah it's it's seriously intense and I think my heart rate was a solid a solid 180 continuously for like three straight hours playing speedrunners seriously yeah. intense game it really was um, so yeah shout out uh, to them, I mean, I think, I think speedrunners have been out for a long time. Like, it's yeah, not a new game, but uh, it is. I have seen people play it. Um, yeah, and it, it's YouTube. not. It's not on Games Pass anymore, which is a shame. I think it was at some point, but we all have it because we downloaded it for Games with Gold, and that's this is like the first yeah. game I've ever like done that with properly. <laughs> that I like installed yeah. at one point, and like, I might play that one day, and then have come yeah. back to play it. <laughs> so, yeah, yay. Anyway, sorry, that's because. Yeah, I think that's because we kind of knew about speedrunners as well so when it was on games for gold we were like oh we've seen this before this like this might be fun for like a scenario like this or like a you know one of those nights where you're just drinking and playing like like an among us night or something like yeah yeah yeah. um it is that sort of perfect game so yeah i'm i'm glad we picked it up and it is good fun um but yeah yeah so technical issues uh tiny team has kind of sucked it was pretty disappointing um definitely bumped it down a few points in my head just off that uh experience alone and then uh, the UI still fucking sucks. They basically copied and pasted the UI from Borderlands 3. Every single issue the Borderlands 3 had, this game still has. Um, and that fucking sucks. And it's really lazy. Um, I think they they, they, gave it, they gave it a nice coat of paint. They put some they put some little wood finishes on the UI or whatever. Yeah. Great. Can you actually fix your UI? Because Borderlands 3 um, was just shocking in that regard. Um, yeah, and so it's buggy. the same. Yeah, it's buggy, it's slow, like shit just disappears. Sometimes you click on stuff and it just hangs. Um and it's just it's just it's just bad. And uh, and there's one thing I've noticed as well. Like at the end of a quest, 
does it show you what type of weapon as like the the the, the crest reward that it gives you? Because I swear it just comes up and just says new item blue, and then I have to find it. It does, but they they're using like different symbols this time, okay, so it's like right. it doesn't you don't it doesn't click when you see it, and it doesn't yeah. stay up for long. Like, and then you go into your inventory, and there's no it doesn't like go to the top. And there's not like a new yeah. compartment. You scroll, and sometimes you can like because it because it's like a list of two columns. If you it's like tossing a fucking coin if you find it because if you go down the wrong one and onto the new yeah. thing, it gets rid of the new symbol, so you it don't actually ever know because you like you go off the screen. It's so fucking stupid. It's so it's such a so many silly things yeah. like that where it's like it just makes life hard, um, yeah, just for no reason. And then there's still the issue <laughs> again, nitpicking, but it's just copy and paste from Borderlands Three, right? The fucking lost vault machine. Why is it spit it all out on top of each other? It's impossible to find your loot. Just have it work like a normal vending machine. I don't yeah. understand. Like, yeah, how is this still a thing? I just, mate. But yeah, overall, setting's great. Game's kind of fun. Uh, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Skill trees and characters are awesome, but you can go into that a little bit because I've been talking for ages. But yeah, you go. Yeah. You talk about it, Tiny it, Okay, yeah, it's just it's just a shame that there is because because you, you play it, you boot up, yeah, you're like this is fucking wicked, and then a small thing happens here and a small thing happens there, and it, eventually there's just like a lot of small things that start to like yeah, drag the experience up. down, yeah, and you're like oh fuck's sake, and then but then when you're actually playing it, like it's it's all great, and like you know you start looking at your builds and you get your points, and you know that whole rigmarole is is really fun, but yeah. Yeah, it's just loads of little things that, and and the most annoying thing is that all those little things are the exact same little things that were in Borderlands Three, which is like three or four years ago now. And it's like this should not still be a problem. Like, there's been no lessons learned here. There's been nothing. So it makes me think, like, by the time we get to Borderlands Four, like, are we going to have the exact same issues again? It's like, at, at what point, like, yeah. does like does this shit get fixed? But anyway, yeah, yeah. So because they are minor things, it's just there's a lot of minor things that starts to become too many. And I guess like we might as well mention it before I sort of move on to some of the stuff I like. Um, is the fact that this is the first game I've bought on Xbox Series X that doesn't support smart delivery. And there are three. So if, you, if you're thinking about buying this, heed my fucking words. There's three three editions there's your normal 50 quid edition then there's like a 65 quid your middle tier and then there's like a deluxe one if you want to get this game optimized for your series s or x get the middle one the next level edition it's called you think it'd be called the next gen edition nope next level because (laughs) i don't know and it comes with some additional shit that you don't want so you have to pay like 65 quid i guess the equivalent is like 70 dollars um which is stupid but um I ended up buying the base one because we're game sharing. I realized about, I, and I only realized this because I was listening to the Xbox two podcast with um, the, the guys over there and somebody, somebody did a super chat to them. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, what? And so I went and checked and I was like, Oh fuck me. I've got, I've gone and got the base edition as well. And I was like, cause we, when we booted up the game, the first thing we said, we were like, man, the aliasing on those trees is like, yeah. awful <laughs> like it looks I said, like i said they look like christmas tinsel yeah in the background. <laughs> you did it's fucking awful yeah and i was like this and i, I thought like the, the direction like and it's colorful but i was like this like there's this is technically like it's not that good like the loading is not that quick there's a lot of popping a lot of the edges look rough and i was like hmm i swear Borderlands 3 look better than this so it turns out this is probably why um yeah and so, yeah, and because I had played it and hadn't realized, like, I couldn't get an automatic refund, so I had to, like, 
go around, get on the phone to someone today. And thankfully I managed to get it sorted. Um, and that seems to be sorted now, but like, just use smart delivery, you greedy fucks. Mm. Like, honestly, <laughs> like charging me extra to play like on my, on the console I've already bought. Like it's so stupid. You're going to get yeah. the money off me anyway. If you think you want more money, then just like make your season pass good. And I'll buy that. Like we don't, it's just stupid. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that really sucks. That really yeah, sucks. It's just another one of those little things. Well, this ended up being quite a big thing, but like another one of those things of like, why is that? Why is like every move being made to like, to like take away my like enjoyment of the game? Like everything apart from playing the game itself. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just so confusing. Like there are just ways to do it. You can make them far more extinct, uh, distinct from each other for for a start like the the naming conventions they chose for their for their games for like the the next level and the standard it's just like what the fuck like literally just call it just put like series x in front of it just put like series x tiny dealers like and that's still shit that's still a shit way of doing it yeah you should just use smart delivery but it's better than just being like I don't, it's just a load of shit man which they which they i think they would have done but because they've done it in like bundles you have yeah. to like click on the bundle, go into the contents of the bundle, and then it says Tiny Tina's Wonderlands for series. But because it's like yeah. hidden in a name, and they're like, "Oh, next level, people will get that." And it's like, well, maybe, but like you're rolling a bit of a dice here because I was tired. I was like, I want to go to bed. I just want to get it installed. I just went back and bought the cheapest edition because, like, yeah, that's I've never had to do yeah. this before. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's just crap, and 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 there should be like. You know, even like when you boot up the game, it notices the hardware you're playing on. It's just like, oh, you're playing on the wrong one. But like, you can upgrade for the f- for the f- extra additional cost it is over yeah. the standard to the new one, That's right. or something like that, because it notices your hardware. But it doesn't. And again, that still sucks because you're still paying for an upgrade, which is just it's stupid. It's dumb. It should that should never be a thing. Um, but like, why isn't that a thing? Like, there are so many better ways to approach this. Um, and yeah, it just caused inconvenience. You know, Deck had to get on the phone this morning to like Xbox support. It's just like, when should that ever be a thing? Like, no one should ever need to do that. And I guarantee you, so many people have made the same mistake. So many. Yeah. And, so. I, and I will say, you know, shout out to Xbox support because they were really helpful over the phone. You know, it only took like 15 minutes. It really wasn't that bad. You know, I didn't have to like dig up like, you know, the, the 25 character code that I was sent like 10 years ago <laughs> like, or anything like that. And they're just like, give me your email buy the new game now so I can see it pop up and then I'll refund you the old one. Because I, like, I just said to her, I just want an exchange. Because if, if I had said I want a refund, I think they'd have been like, no, because like you've spent too much yeah. time on it. But because I was like, I yeah. want to exchange it, they were like, that's fine, just buy it so we can see that you've made the purchase and we'll refund yeah. yeah, and then refund it. Yeah. Exactly. And because I do remember, because you said like, oh, it should just like detect the hard... There is like a thing about it detecting the hardware. It does say... But it doesn't stop, like, it just, there's, like, one line of text amongst, like, you know, 40 lines. Of, and it's because the, the, the Xbox UI isn't built for, like, signposting people to the right edition because they know they have smart delivery. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter what they buy because the game's going to get automatically upgraded. But Gearbox were like, or 2K, whoever's at fault, were like, now nah, we can get an extra money. So we're not going to use this. And so it's like, it's like, you know, it's like the worst of both worlds because... I don't know if it, this. I know this is the problem that PlayStation users have been having for a while, but I don't know if PlayStation have patched anything in where it, you know, it might pop up and say, "Warning, you're downloading the PS4 version." I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's the case, but that's the problem, I guess. Yeah. In that, everyone was expecting us to be past cross-gen games by this point, but semiconductor shortage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and 
the whole smart delivery or not thing um has made things a right pain in the ass uh but yeah none of, yeah really annoying really infuriating really shouldn't have happened um but thankfully all sorted on my end now but if anybody else has had the same problem yeah just just try and get on the phone with xbox support they're really helpful they'll get it done for you if you, if you just want to upgrade yeah oh okay I like Stuff this game like. quite a lot. <laughs> it doesn't probably doesn't sound like it, but I like this game quite a lot. And I will say the community sentiment so far is really good. I think it will depend how the the end game sort of shapes out to sort of um, help determine that. But um, the community sentiment, like I feel a lot of people saying, oh, it's like you know the the true sequel to Borderlands Two that we deserve. Like so a lot of people are like quite down on on three, which um, I, I always find a bit weird because like the biggest criticism that Borderlands Three got levied against it was oh the writing was like not yeah. that great. Which I agree, but like I don't like I don't play Borderlands for the writing. Like I don't know, it's funny. Like I laugh at dialogue. I found some a lot of the dialogue funny in three. I didn't find the main story very good. Like, but I like generally like it wasn't. I don't know the difference between like decent and really good writing in a Borderlands game isn't as wide as it would be in something like you know a, a single player third person extra adventure game. You know, or like a. Because yeah. it's like I'm playing co-op, like I'm having a good time, I'm trying to get loot. A lot of the time I'm not even listening to what's being said. Sometimes something will catch my ear and I'll be like, that was funny. Um, yeah. So I, I always found that a bit weird, but nonetheless, I, I think, you know, I, I think I understand what people are getting at. There, there is some meaningful steps forward here in Wonderlands. They're not massive, but meaningful in the sense that there is a creator character. You create your own Vault Hunter or Fate Maker, they're called in this game, which I think is sick. It was something I've always wanted in, and I don't want to go back to fixed characters, to be honest now. In the next mainline, or like, I want to make my own character. I want to make my yeah. own skill tree. I want it to be this way now. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I like it. You know, the, the, the customization options are pretty good. Like they're quite yeah. wild. You can make them really funny. Like you know, you can unlock the slider, so you can like my guy's ears are like triple the size of his head. Um, yeah, and you can change it whenever you want. It gives you a lot of flexibility, and there's loads of customization to unlock in the game as well. Like every like few minutes, I'm getting a new customization uh, mm. piece, uh, which is dragged down by the fact that you have to go into your inventory and then select it to actually like use it. Otherwise, it takes up a space. But you know, sucks. Why why add that additional button press? Just like use it from the floor <laughs> whatever yeah. um the the addition like the magic side of things it's like a replacement for grenades right 10 times better than grenades i think oh yeah I, I don't know if that's i don't know why though i don't because like there's a novelty to it obviously but like grenades are always quite cool they had like a lot of randomization to them but i don't know if it's just because it's novelty that i'm like oh they're so much better or if there is actually an extra layer of depth there that I, I'm just finding hard to articulate. You know, I'm I'm not sure why. I think it's a lot better. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there is just a case of it just looks cooler and it feels cooler. But I feel like it it flows better with the combat as well. Like they're they're guess... quicker to use and you can mm. and stuff like that. I just feel like every it just ties together better than a grenade. Yeah, I, I guess there's there's like a the the breadth is bigger, isn't it? In the sense that a grenade was like, no matter what happens, you're throwing something out. Whether it's like a yeah. longbow or it bounces. Whereas these, it's like, oh, it's an explosion on you. Oh, it's a homing bird. Oh, it's a meteor. You know, some, oh, it's a ground thing. Like, so there, there was quite yeah. a lot of variety in how... Uh, oh, it's a sigil, you know. So, so lo, the, I feel like maybe there is more variety there. And that's maybe why now that I think about it. Um. So again, like this is another thing. Like, I don't... 
I don't know how they're going to manage this in four now because I don't want grenade. Like, sure, give a character a grenade as an action skill. Let me keep magic, <laughs> like or, or biotech. Oh, I don't care what it is. Whatever this is, keep this. Um, the addition of like a dedicated melee melee slot with melee weapons, awesome. It feels so weighty, and I love it. Um, like when you're swinging yeah. those great axes around, and um, you know, it makes it feel meaningful. Uh, because you see a melee weapon on the floor and you're actually like, oh, okay, well, oh, actually, this has life steal. Oh, this does lightning. I don't actually have any lightning damage in my arsehole. That might be quite useful for just, like, stripping a bit of shield. You know, it, again, adds that additional layer. Um, and I'd say those are the three biggest changes, other than, like, what you've covered in terms of the writing that I think are actually making a big difference here. No, sorry. I guess the fourth one is the the class system and the the, yeah. the dual classing, uh, whatever it's called. Um yeah. Multi-classing, multi-classing that's good. it yeah thanks which is nice you know the game starts with six it's all it's one skill tree as opposed to three like you're used to with your um like when you had your fixed characters uh but then you get to multi-class and you get access to an entire sec- second tree um which I, i've only just got my second class um so i'm like not entirely sure how this is going to play out but i really like the idea of it <laughs> like concept um mm-hmm. yeah i mean what, what do you think like how do you feel like this approach compared to your typical three trees approach in, in Borderlands work is is working for you. Um yeah, I actually quite like it. Um because the classes are quite unique and quite different from like your standard Borderlands games in this one. So like I like everyone kind of has their own well, a lot of people have like you know like unique companion and stuff like that that goes well into the skill trees too. So I have like two companions following me around all the time, like a little mushroom and a little dragon as well. Um, and yeah, I I, I kind of just feel like there's more depth there in terms of picking the class and based on how that class will cooperate and sort of fuse with your other one rather than having multiple skill trees tailored for the same class sort of thing. I feel like it's different. I feel like you kind of connect the dots a little bit more yourself um, and and you come up with these things. And I feel, I feel like I feel like there's more thinking involved in it, in which one you pick and how you approach it. Um, and then obviously it just gives you the options for like four action skills to just change up where it will like whenever you want right um which is well it was one more than the previous uh borderlands game um but they also feel so different because it's from an entire different class like i can throw a hammer and then call it back or i can summon a spectral bow and fire arrows from it like it's it's vastly different from the original class that i picked um and when i feel like spicing it up i probably will change to the bow or something and go for that um it's hard to say. We haven't reached the end game yet. We haven't explored it fully, but I quite like it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of it a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I've i said a lot of bad things, but I, I actually, I'm I'm really having a good time. And maybe it's because my expectations weren't high. Um, you know, I, I, and that's a lot of the good things that they did with the engine overhaul from two to three have really carried through as well. Like, I've always said, like Borderlands three felt it like a me- like on the sticks felt amazing. Like I don't know what they did, but like they nailed it. And and Wonderlands feels the same um, on the sticks. It feels really good, with the only exception being snipers are a bit wonky. Um, 
yeah with them suck yeah with with the zoom I, I haven't had too much trouble like problem with them to be honest um but i know a lot of other people have brought that up so i like i'm you know i can't refute it um yeah but that, that that's carried through as well um the, the i guess yeah so 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 i am i'm really high on this at the moment i think i think it's really good there's a lot of little things that are currently dragging the experience down and but i'm happy to hear that they have a lot of support lined up like its own season pass so like three dlcs i think and like an, an, another class a seventh class which obviously opens up a lot more like combination options options um so I, I i do i think there's a lot they've got a lot of thinking to do going into borderlands 4 um because I don't think they can afford to just do Borderlands 3.5. I think there needs to be some significant changes that either lend from Wonderland or, you know, if this was a step to the right, um, Borderlands 4 needs to be five steps to the right, you know, because there are a lot of like perks and things that you, if you're a Borderlands fan, that you see it and you're like, oh, this is like that perk the Zero had. Oh, this is like that perk the Flak had, you know, and yeah. it's not it's not like its own thing in its originality and a lot of them are like they they feel like reasonably unique but you can tell i don't i don't know if the scope of their the game design allows for anything wider than that and that's why i'm saying i like i think maybe they have to like overhaul a number of things of like how they're going to make some of this stuff different do, do you know what i'm saying like um yeah 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 there's class yeah. overlap i guess is the short way of saying it with with other games yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah they definitely need to take it in a a vastly different direction. Like they, they can keep everything that keeps Borderlands what it is. The, the the infinite gun generator, all that. That stays the same. That's Borderlands. That's a staple. Um, but yeah, just in terms of like, um, yeah, just like characters and skill trees and stuff like that. I, I really think they need to take it in a unique step. Um, because you you could even argue that you saw some some similarities in skills in Borderlands three compared to two and stuff like that. And yeah. There's there's only so far this this can just drag on. Like at, at this point, it's just it's too little butter over too much toast or whatever the expression is. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know there's 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 dry patches here and there. They they need to take it in a bit of a different direction. Um, and they got a lot of time to do it. They they. they they took a long time between Borderlands two and three, um, and if they take an equal amount of time between three and four, and you know, make it a next gen only, you know that sort of thing. You know, maybe, maybe they can really do something different with it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, there's definitely some stuff that needs to be carried over, um, like a hundred percent the character creation. But a hundred percent, I feel like that should that should be in the next Borderlands. Everything else, kind of hard to tell. We haven't played that much Tiny Tina's, like the whole class system and keeping stuff and bringing that into four. I can't quite comment on that right now. But yeah, a, a, it, they should definitely have a, a create your own class at least yeah. for the next one. Um, and I, just pulling over some things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think you know it, it might be that the the multi classing is the answer to that a little bit, but it kind of remains to be seen. As I say, I think that that really will kick in in the the back third and the and the end game really to really sort of see how that's going to um how that's going to fare in terms of replayability. Um, but if that works out well, then maybe they can draw on that. But if not, then again, I think it's like kind of back to the drawing board a little bit. But overall, yeah, I am really high on this. Um, at the moment, I I, I know we said a lot of bad things. You know, I, I'm I'm probably in terms of the the fun I'm having when I'm actually playing it. It's probably I'd probably give it an eight. Like if if I had to write like a very like a formal review at the moment, 
Um, I'd probably give it lower simply because co-op hasn't been working and I've had so many issues. But being just a podcasting nobody, <laughs> I'd probably like saying I'm, I'm having like an eight. And I could see that going higher like yeah. uh, if, if it kind of keeps going and the issues start to flatten out. Um, hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good, basically. If, and I think yeah. if you like Borderlands, I think this is like you're going to enjoy this quite a lot. I think that... If, I think that's essentially it. If you're coming from like another looter shooter, like maybe Destiny, I think there are going to be some things here and there that you're going to raise an eyebrow at. Um, but you still might enjoy it, so yeah. It's yeah. good. It is good. It is good. Right, great. Okay, so let's move on to some of the um, actual bigger news of the week. So first thing, first and foremost, um, is that the Halo show finally came out. This has been like nine years in the making <laughs> or something yeah, um, and we you know there's been a fair fair amount of skepticism um i think up to the show's launch which is fair you know given the amount of time and you know the, uh, apparent development hell uh, despite you know steven spielberg's involvement um and it is Releasing week by week on Paramount Plus, which makes it a pain in the ass for us in the UK because there is no Paramount Plus right now. Supposedly, it's going to be supported in on Sky later in the year. So I found an unnamed website <laughs> that I have watched it on. Um, uh, and there, I'd say generally the reception has been pretty good. Hasn't been great. It's been pretty good. I mean, have you seen anything about this at all? Uh not really no i've kind of wanted to stay away from spoilers and sort of like online episode reviews and stuff like that but based on what you told me um you know you're mainly going to lead this segment because i haven't actually watched it um based on what you told me you were pretty happy with it overall um you seem to think it was pretty it was pretty decent not incredible but you know good yeah pretty much that, that that's the gist of it um you know, and I think you know, in terms of numbers, it, it's currently sitting at six point nine and IMBD, which I can't see it staying that high because that is actually for IMBD scores, that's actually quite high. Uh, it's sitting at a fifty-eight on the on the average tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes and a sixty-one on the average audience score. Um, the audience score has been fluctuating a fair bit. Um, so again, but this is like pretty pretty good, not great, mm. pretty, pretty good. Um, and frankly, you know, given the long lineup of like the the, the growing graveyard of sh- game adaptation shows and films, that yeah. is like I'm pretty happy with that. Like, and considering the development, how I think we were all expecting a lot worse. Um, you know, that, that's not to say that I don't think there are things here that uh, don't need improving. Uh, but overall, I came away from it like. I want to see more of what's going on. And, and the press have seen the first two episodes. So I hear, and I think I have heard from a lot that the second wasn't as good as the first. So it's going to be a bit rocky going forward. You know, there's nine episodes total. Um, but I came away from the first episode, like that was good. I had a good time with that. I can understand why people wouldn't maybe enjoy it as much. You know, I think I'd give the first episode like an eight. Um, I, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but generally the things that were good, I would say, um, were the uh the acting i think generally was pretty good um i think the, like the locations and the set design was pretty good uh i think the casting is pretty good pablo schreiber's chief uh 
he's killing it, to be honest. I think it takes a bit of adjustment to get used to the fact that this isn't Steve Downs' voice acting chief. takes a bit of adjustment yeah. to the fact that um, the helmet comes off in the first episode, which that shouldn't be a spoiler because <gasps> it's, in, it's in trailers. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, I think part of that is like, we just need to get you used to this. We just need to get used to, like, this isn't game chief. It's different chief, you know. Um, and once you're kind of there, which I kind of got into quite quickly, I think that all kind of washes away a little bit, um, you know, in a good way. Um, so, I, yeah, I came away from pretty good. And I like kind of the themes, the general themes and the conflict that the game sets up in the first episode. Um, the combat, like the theatrical character, like choreography is like great. Like the first, the opening twenty minutes of this show are like straight up, like really good, like re- like actually yeah. really good. And then it like slowly fizzles out, and like some stuff starts happening. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, uh, so so that's all the good stuff. In terms of the bad stuff, there is some really mixed CGI. Like some of it, you're like, wow, that looks that's great. But you see like a close yeah. up of like an elite, you're like, that looks really good. And then you see a an assault rifle sliding on the floor and you're like, what the fuck was that? There's like this gift going around. <laughs> There's like this gift going around on Twitter where like chief, like he tosses an AR on the floor. Um, and instead of it just being like a practical prop that they threw. Yeah. It's like a CGI AR and it's sliding <laughs> on the floor and it, it looks so bad. Like it looks dreadful. And it's like, they didn't even need to have that shot. I saw him throw it. I didn't need you to cut to it sliding on the floor. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So really mixed CGI, I think, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a bit of a shame considering like the, the budget and whatever, but you know, this stuff doesn't always work that way. Um, they did some shit with like first person shots, which I hated. I absolutely hated. I'm sure some people were okay with it. Like they just kept cutting between like, you know, normal fight cinematography and then like, oh, first person because <laughs> Halo's a first person game. <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's like, oh, what is this? Um, and they, I don't know, like they, they, they use some like sound clips from the games as well, like that, which are like iconic, I guess, but I don't know. Some of it was just, I don't know if it actually made me think, whoa, the audio design is so unique or if it just made me think that's just an, M- that's just like an MP3, like clip <laughs> taken out of Halo 3, <laughs> like, you know, the old, like yeah. the shield effect was like, whoop, or like the active camo effect you like you hear that and it's like yeah i don't know whatever like it, it's not a big deal um but those were just my thoughts on it um yeah so yeah just generally coming away feeling positive i think generally um i think the characters are, are quite like surprisingly interesting like i said i think the acting is generally well good some bits were which were like not written well I don't think like you can like that's what I'm saying you come away from the episode and you're like you're like I can point to like at least two scenes where I was like I don't know dude <laughs> like that wasn't like that wasn't that good um but like you know that overall like for an hour long show like most of it was good so that that's kind of my takeaway point and I think what's really interesting about this is I've watched a couple of like you know, like review roundups or like discussions for episode one, and everyone is all over the place. Like nobody is agree. It's so funny because there were some bits. One of the things I just mentioned, like the scenes I'm thinking of when I'm saying, like, what to know about that. I listened to other people talking about that, and they're like, "Yeah, that fight scene at the beginning, yeah, I hated it." But that, but that scene, oh, that was so good. It like really got me. And I'm like, "What are you talking?" Yeah. And like nobody, like the panels, and there were like you know four or five people speaking about it. None of nobody is agreeing on like what parts of the episode that they liked. 
but most people were agreeing that there were parts of the episode that they liked <laughs> like, and yeah. that there were other parts that they didn't like and that's i guess a positive but it's just so funny i think you know the fact that it, because it's the show with heritage people have such different like takes on what parts they liked and didn't like um i guess i'm i'm just trying my best to view it as like blank slate show blank slate show um yeah and i guess it it does it begs the question of like would i be watching this if it wasn't a halo show and i probably wouldn't to be honest with you um based on like the reviews and everything i would look at this and be like it's green man in suit (laughs) like it's green man army man like space man john halo i you know so I am, but that's okay. Like, I think what makes it interesting is the fact that a lot of people do have this attachment to this character in this universe. And we know that there's a lot here to dig up. Um, So. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You have my curiosity. I guess is where I'll leave that. Um, I hope it does. Even if the next episode isn't as good, I hope the show keeps that same energy for the majority of the episodes because i think this could be like if this balances out to most people thinking like that was a seven out of ten by the end of it that's a pretty good success because by my stat by like my my understanding is that people like felt that way about like the first witcher series as well like like in that range you know like seven seven point five maybe an eight um so if if halo can manage that i think that's a pretty good success to be honest um so yeah it's a great success to be honest um because like you said, video game adaptations to the screen, one, are quite difficult um, to do because you've got to please a gaming community in terms of creating a TV show and, and movies. And they're very different things. Um, so most of the time they end up shoehorning in really shitty fan service just to try and keep them happy. And that just doesn't work. Um, so it is really tough to do. And then, let's be honest, the Halo community is just ridiculous it's so toxic yeah it's it's some of the worst like i love halo but and there's don't get me wrong the community is great in so many ways as well but it god it, it it's got to be it's got to be one of the worst ones out there they're they're so oh, they're so particular with, with everything so just if a show like this well. evens out at like a six or a seven i think it's done a fantastic job and i think they'll pat themselves on the back as well yeah um so yeah I agree. I mean, I mean, we already know it's been renewed for season two, but I guess actually what, what you're saying is um, like a, something I did want to touch on because they, they said, like last week they had an interview with, I think it was Variety. Was it Variety? 
yeah, it was a variety. Um, and like the show writers were like, oh yeah, but like like in terms of writing the show, we didn't really draw on the games. Um, we just kind of wanted to do our own thing. Mm. And like the like the fucking like everybody like yeah, lost their minds. <laughs> everybody was like, they haven't even played the games. They don't even know who Arbiter is. Like they'll never write a good show. And it's like. It's not what we said, is it? They said they didn't draw on the games, and it's like there's plenty of like yeah. canon and lore, like, and and it's it does, and it's like because like we just said, like there's not a good history of like translating games to film. So like I think you're probably saying like even if I was to ignore this whole debacle, like if, if I I would probably say yeah, don't look at the games as like inspiration for making a show, because like we always say, the reasons game the thing that makes games good at storytelling or like the unique aspect is that you can tell it through the environment and you know you can have that like that like ludo narrative that people call it, you know, that that like sort of um mm. uh you know the, the coalescence between like what you're playing and what you're seeing and what you're feeling and the story being told. And um Yeah. So so when you're just like telling me it and it's not in my hands, it's like that it doesn't have the same impact at all. So yeah, that that's sure. kind of that's kind of the thing and obviously like really uh chief was only really an avatar like a blank avatar it's only really since 343 took over that he's actually started being his own character like um for better or worse you know whatever but um yeah so um loads of people lost their fucking minds and of course it was like uh they the show writers had to come in and correct it and be like we started with the game. Like, of course we've all played the fucking games because it's made in like collaboration with three for three. But then like we started to build up the canon and the universe and the story like outside of that. So yeah, just wanted to mention it because it's, it's right in line with what you said of like, yeah, the community just being fucking petty. Like as soon as that came out, people just started review bombing the game and it's like, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. What are you to do? It's it's so shit yeah i mean if i was making anything halo related i think i would just take a vow of silence until it released yeah i don't think i'd do any social media presence or anything because it's impossible like one slip up and that's it they're 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 on you they'll (laughs) stab you to death you're fucking your franchise is dead you're fired (laughs) it's it's awful oh my god they are mental they are mental because there was recently like a glass door review over from like 343 oh, um, like a, a negative one and everybody was just like jumping on it like look here it is unequivocal proof that 343 is a dreadful place <laughs> delete the studio give the franchise to someone else and it's like I mean I mean that's like I'm not gonna I don't want to like dismiss it and be like someone's had a bad experience at 343 because that's perfectly possible but knowing how fucking petty like this community is it wouldn't surprise me if somebody just went and fabricated this you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's happened before. Mm. Like shit like this has happened before. So um, yeah. yeah. So where anyway, whatever. It set re- it set records. The show set records on Paramount Plus, which obviously isn't saying like a huge amount because Paramount Plus is kind of new. Um, I can't remember, but there are things on there like Star Trek's on there, like Picard Picard's mm. Adventure, whatever it's called. Because it's on a kids' show. I think, I think it's just called Picard. Yeah, right. So that's on there, and I think eighteen eighty six or something. I haven't heard of it, but I, it came up in news while i was reading it uh, apparently those are a reasonably popular shows so this is kind of surprising to be honest i would still say it's surprising that halo of all shows uh broke viewership records um and 24 hour viewership records as well it, it broke so good on you john chief um yeah i would recommend watching it if, if you like if you like halo and you know what halo is i think you'll get something out of this um if it does if it doesn't click click with you in the first episode there's no shame in putting it down you know um and just seeing how the whole series pans out, like if it's worth the watch. Uh, for me, I think it is. And 
yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. There was, just to quickly touch on it, there was an announcement of a new Witcher game this week, uh, which was kind of came out of nowhere. Um, uh, but it, it was literally just CD Projekt Red saying, yep, uh, by the way, we've uh, put it on paper. <laughs> Witcher 4 in development, and that means it's in development. So just letting you guys know, you know, just to, it, it's funny because if it, if Cyberpunk hadn't been Cyberpunk, um, they probably wouldn't be announcing this this early, but it's like, please come and work yeah. for us. <laughs> please, shareholders, please reinvest. <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, definitely more of a statement, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, we're still here. We're going to make another one of these games. The, the game that everyone loved. Remember that one? That's yeah, right. Yeah, it's 100% that, yeah. And I, I guess the interesting thing, the two interesting things to take away from this is that number one, they're moving from their native, uh, not their, their, their uh, in-house red engine, so what they use to make Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk, to yeah. Unreal Engine 5, which is a bit weird because usually studios don't do that. But it has been a lot of studios making a swap to Unreal Engine 5. And I don't know if it's just because the tools for UE5 are really good or mm. it's like, well, for recruitment, right? People aren't going to be familiar. Well, like we need a lot of people and we need a lot of people fast. And a lot of people yeah. know what UE, UE is. Um, yeah. yeah. So that that's the interesting bit number one. Interesting bit number two is that they put up a little picture of like a, one of the amulets that the witches wear and like buried in the snow. Um, and it looks kind of like a cat. I thought it was like a cat. And obviously there are like three schools. No, there's one, three. But there's like three main ones in the Witcher game, which is wolf, which is what Geralt is, bear, mm-hmm. and then cat. Um, there's a snake as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the snake. Yeah, there are a few more. Or Viper or whatever. Yeah, there are there are a few more, Griffin? but those are the three main like, ones. Griffin, oh, Griffin well. yeah, nice, yeah, yeah, nice. Um with like magic, yeah, like magic. Um But apparently, and I can't actually remember if this was like confirmed or not, but I, I think someone did say I think someone officially came out and said it's not cat. Or like someone said it's a lynx, which is like throws a bit of a spanner in the works. Um because that, that yeah. medallion does look different to the one used in games and the, the cats have like floppy ears, you know? Whereas his is a big, yeah. like, all stand up, right? You know, big old spiky ears. Yeah. Plus the wolf one that he wears kind of has, like, a mane as well. This doesn't seem to have a mane. It's just skinny head with ears, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if this is going to be, like, an original story. It doesn't seem like it's going to be focused on Siri, which a lot of people were kind of hoping for. Um, but I, I, if I had to guess, it's going to be, like, next saga kind of thing. Like we're putting all of those old characters behind us. Maybe they'll hop in here and there for a camp, you know, like a cameo. But like yeah. next saga, you know. So it's a shame because Siri is was left quite open, wasn't it? So it is a shame if that if that would be the case. Um, I feel like there's definitely a saga there for Siri, right? But I think so. I, I think that there's just probably a problem with balancing her, like, narratively. They probably were just like... Yeah, she's oh, kind of OP. Yeah, yeah. She's, a bit, <laughs> she's a bit busted, yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, obviously, this is great news for everyone. Um, and they need to, um, like, uh, like kind of earn that back. Um, but they're always going to have Witcher now as something to fall back on. You know, it's going to be, like, their Pokemon or their Halo or, you know... I mean, good luck creating a... Uh a mainline character more iconic than Geralt though yes yeah, like, I, I wish I wish you luck <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah fingers crossed for you 
Okay, next up, PlayStation acquired Haven Studios um, this week. Um, at the beginning of the week, I believe Haven Studios were already confirmed to be working with PlayStation. They were like one of the one of these like you know hundreds of like splinter studios with like loads of vets in it, and they had like I want to say like forty or fifty devs at the time. And I, if yeah. I remember, there were some like rumors at the time that they were working on like a. It was either a popular IP or it was a Marvel IP. I know Marvel is pop, you know, but I I, I remember it being like a big name IP that we didn't know specifically what it was, but you know, the, the rumor was that they're working on a big like name IP that's live service. Um, and Jade oh. Raymond is leading it. Um, who is like, she's like the lead creator of like the original Assassin's Creed. Um, and another franchise that I can't remember. Like some of the Ubisoft games as well. Some of the other Ubisoft games. Um, anyway, she, she's like, a lot of people speak of her very, very highly in the, in the industry. Um, but you know, add this to the collection of, of like studios that PlayStation are just mopping up. You know, presumably they were like, "Yeah, you guys are getting on pretty well, aren't you? <laughs> what do you want a tenner? Like, I can't, because they would have yeah. been dead cheap. You know, they have no IP. They've got nothing behind them. And they're just like, would you like to just have a bit of security? And this, yeah. of course, they uh, took them up on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, if they're potentially working on a popular slash Marvel IP, they're obviously a pretty talented trusted studio in playstation's eyes anyway so and and again it's just it's playstation kind of just locking down this whole like marvel thing bit by bit aren't they they, they freaking love their marvel yeah and it's, absolutely. it sounds like hotcakes for them so why wouldn't they yeah absolutely absolutely and i guess because there, there has been i mean if you remember a while back you know when the bethesda acquisition was going on and even a little bit into the active actively as uh, acquisition there was like a whole conversation about organic growth do you, do you remember that and like a lot of people yeah, were like oh yeah. playstation like foster and nurture their, <laughs> their studios yeah. like plants and they grow and sprout you know and it's like well playstation is on its like sixth acquisition in the last six months so like what are we talking about now <laughs> like yeah but then you can claim that we they acquired them because they nurtured them come on deck God damn jesus it. quit being so toxic Phil I Spencer's am such a little a fucking fanboy. <laughs> He's just a pimp throwing money when PlayStation really, you know, they build up the confidence of their studios and, you know, they put bread on the table for their families. Of course, of course. Like, without their, they're basically like the Jesus of the gaming industry. Yeah. They're like God. Like. Yeah. As we, yeah, we all know that is, that is the case. Um, but obviously this is really good for the studio. So, you know, um, uh, hopefully that yeah. allows them to make some good games. Um, and honestly, I just want to hear something from from Xbox now. You know, I don't need that. I don't need an acquisition. I just want something, anything really, because they've been so quiet for so long, and I feel like, you know, Xbox has really like had a lot of like the spotlight on them towards the end of last year with, like, you know, the game of the uh, the game awards and all of the games they released, and then the act, you know, the acquisition, and, and I'm sure I'm sure they're just working through that, and that's why. But there's been nothing since then, and since then, PlayStation have had. A number of games come out. They've had like an, like two acquisitions. It feels like um, I'm sure. I think yeah. it maybe has only been one this in actual 2022. But yeah, you see my point. But yeah, nonetheless, yeah, yeah. Um, it makes sense why PlayStation would buy Haven Studios. It wouldn't surprise me if they buy a couple of the other smaller studios that they're currently working with um, uh, for 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 stuff for games. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. 
Speaking of the ActiBlaze acquisition, shareholders are going to be asked to vote in favor of the acquisition this week. So supposedly, supposedly this is a big deal. I'm going to be honest, I didn't read into this probably as much as I should have. Um, I was a bit busy and I would have liked to have been this week. But essentially, <laughs> vote in favor, good. <laughs> vote against, bad. Unlikely vote against, likely vote in favor. <laughs> yeah. TLDR. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the consequence... Um, the thing that I've put in my notes here is that the shareholders have been warned that you know the stocks are going to significantly decline if the deal doesn't go through. You know, if the, if the shareholders vote against it, which you know, if they don't, if this happens and the acquisition gets blocked or somebody votes against it, Activist is going to be in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that they're in the, the shitty place that they are at the moment in terms of PR, no games in so long, other than like Diablo Resurrected. Um, and they couldn't even get acquired by Microsoft, you know, like one of the biggest corporations in the world to, to, for 70 billion, you know, like yeah. what would have to be going on? Like the, the um, optics on that, it just would just be dreadful. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a hard, like, I think it'll be quite one-sided this, this vote, at least you, you'd hope so. Cause like you said, otherwise, uh, there would be an act of blizzard <laughs> if, they, uh, if they, it doesn't go through so yeah. yeah exactly yeah exactly so um I, I don't really know what this means for the speed of the acquisition um i've had a, i've heard a few people say this is like uh the, the, the speed that this has come along has been quite quick because they estimated that this is going to be finished in like 2023 so it's like this is still a while off like fully closing um yeah but I mean, yeah, it is what it is, but it's just the next milestone. Um, and speaking of milestones, yeah. <laughs> um, Activision Blizzard got hit with another harassment case this week. <laughs> Great. Another yeah, reason why that acquisition needs to happen to like try and clean that slate, get someone in there, rework those teams, kick out the prick to like, who like, you know, stayed quiet through this whole thing. Um, well, and, and to be fair, like worst of all, it's it's a current. Uh, suppose there's a current Microsoft employee who has worked with Activision Blizz. Um, so, yeah, there's been no comment. Um, it sucks that these stories are still coming out because it's like Christ, like what, what, like what was going on here? Like what sort of culture was this? You know, and yeah, I think it just goes to show. I think sometimes how dangerous some of the some like like cultures can be. You know where. Oh yeah. There's no like accountability or like everybody has the same mindset of being pricks, do you know? Like yeah. and like, oh we're just joking and it's like shut up. Like <laughs> like so like yeah, so it, it does when when shit like this drags on for that long, you know, you've got to think of like how does this happen in the first place? Like what is actually the root? Yeah. Um yeah. It's a position of power, man. Human beings are not nice people when put in positions of power. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't help. I'm sure it doesn't help. Yeah, um, yeah. God, that's a whole can of beans which I'm I'm not going to open right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So whatever. Get get in their Xbox. Get rid of that <laughs> that person and get in and sort Activision Blizzard out, please. Don't worry about yeah. the games. Get the company sorted. Get the game sorted later. Um, yeah, hundred percent. All right. There were some really nice stats shared. Um, through Games Pass at GDC this week. Um, some really nice stats. And like we've known for a while, you know, 
hopefully this is going to be more nuanced than game pass good but like the idea um what the idea has been for a while that games pass has been not only making people play a wider diversity of games people who are subscribed to game pass generally buy more games um and yeah, and people go into like go into genres that they wouldn't otherwise go into. And there's been like a little bit of fear mongering around the fact that, you know, Xbox people who have Games Pass buy less games because they wait for stuff to hit the subscription. And I'm gonna be honest, I do that. I think I bought I've bought less games since being a Games Pass subscriber. Um so it is a bit surprising to me to see like the stats on this that people their like purchases go up for Games Pass subscribers. I don't know how that's really happening. I guess there are deals, stuff goes out of rotation and people buy it. I guess maybe that balances it out and you know people coming mm. into the ecosystem maybe um increases that number. So it's hard to say, but like in terms of the numbers, let me just lay out on the table. So members play 40% more titles after joining Games Pass. That makes sense, and that's obviously great. Yeah. That means you're in more games ecosystems and you're more likely to buy any of the upsell from microtransactions, DLC, season pass, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Members play games across 30% more genres after joining Games Pass. Totally makes sense. Obviously beneficial on a business side. I've jumped into genres I wouldn't have. I played like gears tactics when i would have maybe been hesitant even though i love XCOM, i would have been hesitant about pushing the the, the buy button um mm. just for one example death store is probably another one that i probably wouldn't have bought probably hollow knight as well probably wouldn't have bought even though they look good and i'm not against those genres it's just that it gives me that extra nudge to sort of give it a go yeah for sure members spend 50 percent more than lookalike users um so those who have Games Pass versus those who don't spend 50% more. Well, we should look at that. It's weird. Maybe there's like... Because I think I get this as well. You get this idea of like sometimes if you get a game in Games Pass, you get the sense that you've saved money. Yes. I was so you're like, about to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So like, well, well, go on then. You, what, what, like, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say you, you get the sense that you, you've saved money and you've been you almost get this, this this feeling of bargain hunting, right? So then you feel like when a game like doesn't necessarily... When a game comes out or whatever and it's not necessarily in Games Pass or something, with that hypothetical money that you've saved via Games Pass or something, you might buy it. You know, for example, like Tiny Tina's or something like that. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, 100%. And it's what we like to call free money, right? Free money. It's free yeah. money. No, I call it free money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Money yeah. that you otherwise would have spent is free money. <laughs> yeah, I love my concept of free money. It's the best. Yeah, I open my wallet and my my notes turn into like spectral, like like butterflies that so they, they can do whatever <laughs> they want. It's amazing. It is truly. Um, and the fourth and final slide, which is a bit harder to actually summarize, um, essentially is that there has been a 300% growth for ID at Xbox partners. Um, okay. And close to two thirds of that growth is driven by Games Pass. So again, goes without saying that Games Pass, more than anything else, is excellent for indie games. It's indies, good for everyone else, yeah. but excellent for indies. Um, and yeah. there, there are plenty of devs on Twitter who are like vocally like, 
we wouldn't have stood a chance if we didn't put it on Xbox. Like if and like a lot of people, a lot of us shared their stats on like their success on PlayStation versus Xbox. And there are like confet, like you know, there are like extraneous variables of the sense that like who markets them more, who puts them on the front page, how easy is it to access in the store, but. Because Games Pass is its own advertisement, if people go in, oh, what's new? You know, like you're guaranteed that regardless. Oh, this yeah, looks cool. Yeah, it's always in there. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, you know, people have found that, you know, this is how many people have played the game. And I've heard, like, supposedly people get paid on a couple of different metrics. You know, people, devs will get like an upfront payment, but then sometimes they'll get like retention payments. You know, like if your game gets this many players, we'll give you another payment. Um, hmm. Etc. 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 So, all of that results in like a really nice environment for indie devs to thrive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it did ultimately come down to Games Pass, good, but it is it is the sense that this is like working on a financial level. We don't know how this is working in terms of like generating profits, but it seems to be at the very least expanding like what Games Pass subscribers are doing or altering that behavior in the way that they would like. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think it just goes to show that a lot of their market research and when developing this strategy of Games Pass is it's sort of coming to light now to why they did it because these sort of things do have behavioral changes on how people approach purchases and gaming and stuff like that. It's not It's not just about that flat monthly subscription you know, there's there's so much more to it, um, and yeah, this just sheds more more light on it. Um, there's so much psychology in terms of this sort of thing. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's um, I, I guess it, it's worth having a look at because there there was like a big supposedly PlayStation Spartacus is getting revealed next week. That's happening soon, allegedly. Oh yeah. Um, we spoke about kind of like what the supposed tiers were going to be. Remember, supposedly it was three tiers. And there was a leak, a leak, quote unquote, um, earlier, like yesterday, I think, that like showed off like a panel with like, then there was like four tiers. There was like PlayStation, it's called PlayStation Neo. And there was bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Um, oh, yeah. It's, I don't think it was real. A lot of the like general consensus is that it's looking a bit fake because there was like some typo like not typos but like like for example like i think the silver subscription in the square said 29.99 but then beneath it it's a 24.99 and just like mm. one or two things like that they're like i don't know if that i mean yeah i, I i'm doubtful because yeah. also the price was through the fucking roof so like the platinum was uh what was it 60 dollars every three months that's okay. $240 a year. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the highest subscription. So Game, Games Pass Ultimate typically comes in about, uh, it's like £25 every three months. So, yeah. It comes out to about £110, £120, maybe every year, which is like yeah. not cheap. But if, like, for what you get, you know, you get the streaming and the Games Pass and Xbox Live Gold and EA Access, you know, you get a lot for it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's half the price so like and and as we've already said PlayStation Platinum or the, whatever the highest tier of Sparkus is going to be it's not going to have day one access to their first party games which is like the biggest thing like, and it's not going to it's it's always going to be laughed at like it might mm. be some good value which is great but it's always going to be like it's not quite Games Pass unless they do that 
Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think we we can both agree that's the main selling point of Games Pass is knowing that first party studios um, and 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 their games just just we just get just there. It's yeah. just it's just guaranteed. Like we never have to worry about it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And if they don't do that, yeah. It, in all honesty, even if they end up being a bit cheaper or whatever, even though they're looking like they're going to be more expensive, but even if they were cheaper, £100 a year, £20 cheaper over the course of the year, I would still think it inferior if they didn't have that, like, mm. regardless. And I think that's, that's actually a bit of an interesting thought experiment because like, would you can, would you subscribe to Games Pass if like tomorrow Xbox was like, yeah, we're no longer going to have first-party games day and day? Because I think they've done a good job of getting partners involved that I probably still would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be more hesitant. Like, right now, it's just a no-brainer. But, like, I would definitely be more hesitant. I I would actually give it a second glance. I'd Um, be evaluating it month by month, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I would need to hear about the next big game that's going in day one for me to be like, okay, I'll, I won't cancel it. But like, if I hadn't heard anything in a couple of months, I'd be like, I'm going to stop it for now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or or I would just do more research into it and just be like, oh, okay, well, nothing's happening. You know, by the looks of it, it's going to be quite quiet between January and March, so I'm going to cancel it, and then I'll just I'll just buy it again around April, April, May, June. You know, where I know some some games will be put in there or whatever um yeah i would reevaluate it yeah yeah exactly i think that's how i I would approach it as well yeah yeah okay that that is quite interesting because i think i don't know if that's i don't know if that's us becoming really comfortable with having that ongoing subscription and having these games that we can just kind of boot up or if it's a testament to the fact that xbox has done a good job getting big first party titles in that we wouldn't have otherwise played, you know, Back for Blood comes to mind, uh, Outriders comes to mind, um, you know, these are hardly games that we spent our lives on, but they, it was a good time for a week or two. Um, yeah. That, that I would have otherwise bought, I guess, is kind of the the, the thing. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, because those are not necessarily, like you said, they're, they're not first party, are they? But they're, they're just good games that were chucked in for day one. Um, yeah, I, d- I do think that that does come into play quite a lot. And that is what would potentially, if they kept that up, that's what, even if they took away first party, obviously that was what would keep me coming back. But again, like a lot of these things, it's so hard to tell because so many of them were last minute as well. And it's just like, I would mm. just, if that was the case, I would just probably not have games pass. And then when I hear the news, I would have games pass and just be like, Oh, back for blood. Cause they're, they're very last minute announcements. A lot of them. Like I think back for blood definitely was like a week before launch. They were just like, Oh, it's a games pass. Like I think Outriders, there was a bit of marketing behind it. It was in, it was known to be in Games Pass for quite a while, um, but yeah, that, that was reasonably yeah, so. late as well. It wasn't as late as Back for Blood, but I remember because they teased yeah, it on Twitter. It was like a solid month, I think. Yeah, it? maybe like, like maybe three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, because I remember them teasing on Twitter, and everyone was like, "No way! Like no way! It's too late!" Um, and then it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of really depends on on how they would a- approach it. And how much like sort of 
time they would give to just be like, this is coming out on PlayStation Spartan, or whatever it's called. Spartan you know, if it, Spartacus, if they gave it a decent amount of time for the user to just be like, okay, I'll subscribe now, yeah. But if if it's very late, last minute, hype, buzz announcements, I feel like, you know, a lot of people would just not be subscribed until the moment they hear the news and then subscribe for a month, play it and then leave again. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, I think it's just, it's just interesting. You know, I, I, I'm ready for this to be shown off now, so I can like we can stop like speculating and actually do like 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 comparisons because I've said yeah. it before. I'm not just here to like be like, oh well, like, PlayStation's version is worse. Like, I want a PlayStation subscription. I wish PlayStation did a Games Pass because I would like be on that straight away. Like, I have a PlayStation Four right now. I'm not spending sixty quid to play like a couple of the games I've missed out, like Mars Morales, like it's cross-gen, Ghost of Tsushima. Like I'm, I'm hesitant because like I'm used to playing on my Series X with 60 frames, but if I could get it for a subscription and I like for like a tenner and like play that, I might actually do that. Like there are loads of games that like PlayStation's games up till now have lent themselves very well to like late purchases because they're single player yeah. and don't miss out um on much and so i've always just waited for bargain sales like years and years later which i can continue to do but it benefits me as the sort of like with my playstation being my secondary console to have something where it's like all our first party games are in this now for like x month a month and i can do that that benefits me so i want this to be good it's going to really annoy me if like they're spotty with like oh well some of these first party games are in but some of these aren't and like, Oh, but they're not in day one. So like, you know, that subscription you're paying for, well, like it's going to be useless until like two years from now, uh, like for this game. So like that, you know, that I'm, I'm weighing up for as like a value, you know, estimation for myself. Um, And I suppose like maybe thinking about things other than the first party side of things, I, I was just thinking, and this is quite interesting because like generally there's been like a lot of comparison between like Xbox has generally stopped doing timed exclusives unless it's with smaller indie games. I can't think of the last time Xbox did one with anything bigger than like a, an indie game. Maybe, um, uh, what was that horror game? Uh, with by Bloober, the Polish one you played at the medium, Blair Witch? the medium. Oh, medium. maybe that, um, right, that was time to use it for a bit. Uh, maybe the ascent. Uh, don't know if you would consider that. It was like a, a reasonably high budget indie. I'd still say it was indie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then things like Death Store, Twelve Minutes. I think. What's the fucking fleshy one? It's coming out later in the year. Oh, Spawn Spare. What is it? What is it? Spare. It's, it's <laughs> definitely something like that. Sposh. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. Sposh. God spore. damn it, yeah. No, it's not Spore. Spore. I can oh, whatever. It. Don't worry. Yeah, Carry on your you. thought. Yeah, that's really annoying. So, yeah, point being, Xbox has stopped doing time. Scored! Gone! Thank you. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> God, that, that came like from the back of your brain. You're like, <laughs> it really did. <laughs> I like said it as it entered my brain as well. Yeah. I was like, scored! So that, Straight out. Yeah, that, that electric current was like <laughs> through your brain. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, scorn is another one which I think is meant to be time exclusive. Again, I don't know if you'd consider that. That probably is, again, like high budget indie. Um, 
nonetheless, yeah. my point is that Xbox has generally moved away from time exclusives, whereas Xbox, um, PlayStation has doubled down down on it. You know, uh, Forspoken, Final Fantasy, Final, uh, Final Fantasy Sixteen, Final Fantasy Seven Remake, um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. You know, like this shit, uh, and then the Bethesda ones. You know, right, like Deathloop and USY Tech. Yeah. I wonder, and and arguably the reason for this is that people have a lot of people have said that Xbox are just taking that money and just putting games. They're like, we're not going to stop PlayStation getting them. You're just going to get them day one in Games Pass. So that budget is going towards Games Pass. I wonder if PlayStation mm-hmm. will take the same approach and they'll just start putting stuff into Spartacus on day one, or if they'll increase budget overall and they'll be like, it's time exclusive for a year and it's into Spartacus. Yeah, yeah, but like. I don't know if they will because then that's like they, like why hasn't Xbox done that? I don't know if that's just like a culture or a principle thing, or, or you know if, if if we start to see PlayStation doing the same and spending less money on timed exclusives, and just getting stuff into Spartacus day one. And part of me, I know you nodded. Then part of me is thinking like, just based on PlayStation's history, they're hyper aggressive with this stuff, and it makes me think that yeah. they won't stop doing timed exclusives, and maybe will put some stuff into Spartacus day one just to like have like the perception of parity with Xbox. Like, Oh, look, yeah. we're doing it too. Um, or yeah. I guess the flip side of that is that they don't do that at all. Like they don't do day one stuff at all. Well, I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think amongst all of us? I, I think the, the whole like timed exclusivity in Spartacus is probably a route they might take. Um, so and... both. Yeah, because I feel like it creates this illusion and PlayStation are very good at creating this illusion that they they do own these studios, they do own these IPs when really they don't. And I feel like this just solidifies that and right. just keeps up that that magic, that yeah. little show they're doing. Like they're Hogwarts like Legacy. Fucking... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was exclusive. Yeah, yeah, we had this discussion the other day. I was like, I'm going to buy a PlayStation 5. You're like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> buy your Xbox, you idiot. And, and we, like, we spoke oh. about it last the whole episode last week. You thought it was exclusive. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> How did that not come up in it. conversation? Like, uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they, they do this. And I feel like that just helps sort of keep that illusion up, you know. Um, uh, and but then you know it, it, it comes into play where they also when they're making these timed exclusivity deals with these developers and these studios and stuff like that they have to try and convince them to to you know come on board with timed exclusivity into a uh, a new subscription based thing that they're putting onto the market like that could be quite a hard sell as well because de- developers aren't going to be like we don't know how Spartacus is going to perform. Like we don't know if it will just bomb or if it'll be as good as Games Pass or or anything like that. And you know, signing up to a year's exclusivity for one platform to go into an uncharted territory in that regard might be quite a hard sell over the time exclusivity deals they're making right now. Yeah. Um. So I feel like there might be some growing pains there. So maybe not right off the bat, but I think that's maybe something that I could see them doing that like but just maybe not right right off the bat yeah yeah me too um i'm with you there um i i think there's gonna have to be some limitations on what they do here um i just don't know where that limitation is you know um for, well, for X- yeah we're just speculating aren't we totally yeah for for, for xbox it's that they've really pulled away from 
timed exclusivity, which does clearly cost them money. Um, and PlayStation is spending a lot of money at the moment on acquisitions, and their budget has increased, right? So it's it's not like uh, they have this tiny pool of cash. Their p- budget has increased, but you know, there's there's got to be somewhere where the buck is, you know, the buck stops. Yeah, so we'll have to see what how that comes out. Hopefully, next week we can actually have a conversation about this. Um, Maybe the week after, actually. I don't even know if we're going to be here next week. Um, but at some point we will, <laughs> when it comes out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, I was literally just about to say, so just to confirm, it's being, this is being showed off, like, actually officially announced, like, next week or in the next couple of weeks. It hasn't but been officially it. announced, but all all the credible insiders are saying, yeah, this is getting shown off next week. The actual, okay. like, the whole tiering system that I said earlier with, like, the platinum and the bronze silver gold, that, like, yeah. is up in the air. Somebody very well might have seen, oh, it's being announced next week, put this together and, look, like, put it into the wild just while it was, you know, hot, while it was in conversation. Uh, yeah. And yeah. do you think this is something that not only were they, like, announcing, just be like, yo, we're doing this and these are the tiers, do you think this is something they'll just sort of give information on or do you think it's also something they'll just be like you can subscribe now you know it's kind of like available like right now or do you think there's going to be a time gap between that the announcement and when it's actually available as well yeah that's a good question yeah i i i'd like to think that as they announce it they'll just be like you can subscribe now right there's a library of games right there or however they've they've doing these tiers yeah maybe Uh, i I would have thought no in my head they announce it now and like have a follow-up in their big summer show like their e3 state of play you know there's like 45 minutes long they show off a load of new games and at the end they say oh you know that subscription we spoke about earlier ready to go now and you can get this game that we just spoke about on it right now yeah that's um my estimation of like what they'll do Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think back to when Games Pass was like announced and how they did that. Was it available on the day they were just kind of like, this is a thing and you can do it now? Or was it like, you know, I'm just trying to think back. To I think how, it was. They did it as well. I think it was, it was at E3 when they announced it and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was available like straight after the show. I think it show. was as well. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, Something we'll I didn't think about. We'll see, we'll see. All right, well, uh, next up was a um, was an interview with a span like of, of a of a developer called Juan Fernandez, a Spanish Great. developer who has worked with Ninja Theory and Playground on both Hellblade Two and the new Fable. Um, it's a really interesting interview. Uh, it, the, the, a lot of details were shared about it on uh, Reset Era. Um, and this, the same person also worked on the initial Hellblade. So they've bounced between Fable and Hellblade. But the, the essential sort of too long didn't read here is that Fable is a restart of the series set in an open world, which is like, we kind of we, we kind of knew that. Um, we didn't really know it. I've had my fingers crossed that it's like a reboot and not a Fable 4, if, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, so th- this is good for me. Because um, it gives them that clean slate playground, that clean slate, that universe to work with. And the only thing really they have to carry over is like the tone. You know, that's mm. kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there's a lot of competitive, there's like a lot of research being done um, around action RPGs um, and what sort of makes them good. A lot of prototyping. 
Um, he did end up leaving Playground because he personally, you know, this developer said that they, they preferred uh, shorter projects. So they went back to Ninja Theory with Hellblade 2. But he thinks that Fable, in his time there, he thinks that Fable is a super interesting IP and that there's incredible potential there and there's a really good team working on it. Um, in terms of what's happening at Hellblade 2, there's more people on that on the Hellblade 2 team than there was on the first Hellblade, which makes sense. And the quality yeah. of everything that they are doing is through the roof, quote, unquote. Um, what they what he likes about Hellblade 2 is that there's a very unique approach and there's a bunch of new stuff that's going on. Um, for example, the combat is one of the things that was most heavily criticized, not by me, but by others um, uh, of the first Hellblade. And they said that that's taking a very different approach. Um so more variety in combos, for example, um, but mm. not not much more else there. Other than that, um, there's more variety. And the, like in the first one, they found that a lot of people found one or two or three combos that they liked and just did that for the whole game. And um, so they're yeah. you know, taking a different pro- approach to the combat, which is what everyone wanted. Um, and above all else, there was a need to test um, the first game more with people outside the studio, but they didn't have the time to do that. Um, which is why some of that stuff was a bit smaller in scope. Um, mm. But yeah, that, that's essentially it. Uh, just like a couple of details, really. And obviously this developer who now no longer is working there, but has worked on uh, on both, um, is really sort of impressed with these games so far. And I mean, these these are two of those games which are like, you know, like the poster children for what Xbox has in store. You know, when a lot of people are like looking at the next uh, game, or oh, sorry, the next mm. Uh, generation of Xbox is like Hellblade 2 gonna be like we've seen gameplay of it now it looks fucking outrageous Um, Fable we haven't seen anything of yet but it's a really loved IP made by a really talented team who like have yet to prove themselves in the RPG space but um, yeah so I am which you're probably more excited you're probably more like a Fable boy aren't you yeah i mean i haven't even played hellblade one um yeah yeah i I would say i'm more excited for fable for sure um and again i'm completely on board with them kind of just starting the series from the beginning again um and just keeping yeah like you said the same tone but not shackling them down to anything the previous games have done and where they left off you know um so that that's good news for me um at least looking in on it um and i mean i'm not going to disagree with you the help the Hellblade gameplay we saw, the Hellblade 2 uh, gameplay looks insane. It looked crazy. So it doesn't surprise me that everything this guy's saying, you know, where the quality is just through the roof and the team's bigger, you know, it's, back, it's off the back of the success of Hellblade 1. So, you know, it's good to hear and it's kind of expected to hear at the same time. So, yeah. you know, great. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- nothing groundbreaking, but just sort of a bit of a... Um... A bit, a bit of a touch base, really, which is, I think this is what happens when we haven't, we don't hear from official Xbox channels in a while. Everybody's like going, going crazy and like yeah. <laughs> trying to like get every bit of news that they can. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're coming up to our final few uh, news stories of the week. And one of them is a bit weird. Um, and we like, we spoke about something related to this, I, I think, like early on in the maybe like episode 20-ish, um, and it was kind of the idea that uh, Xbox are working on cloud-native gaming, and the story for this week is that o- Xbox has opened a publishing wing for cloud-native gaming. Um, and you might remember, this division 
well, you might remember Xbox hiring someone called Kim Swift, and the division is being led by led by them, and they're joining as a cloud gaming director. And I think this is the person, the same person that worked on Portal and like Half Life, like a lot of the, the Valve stuff. I can't, I can't remember, but wow. the credentials were there. But um, I don't understand what cloud native game is. I don't know what that means. I don't think anybody knows it's what that means. A, it's just a game built entirely in the cloud, right? It's like why? Like it's like obviously Microsoft Flight Sim and stuff like that has a lot of assets and a lot of uh, a, a decent majority of the game is is built and rendered in the cloud and just sort of streamed into the game. You know, this is essentially just the game is in the cloud, right? There's no. Well, yeah, but I guess like, is it that simple? Is it like just um? Is it just Xbox being like going back to 2013 and being like, okay, we've given this a rest. Like we know people didn't like the power of the cloud back then because you know it gave. But now that everyone else is doing it, like we're going to reinvest, refunding it because like we saw had some like pretty spicy technology. You know, like Crackdown Three was supposedly you know was meant to be that thing, which obviously wasn't. Mm-hmm. But like you know, like you rightly say, um, Flight Sim drew on that. I think a lot of the Forza Horizons hat did as well to a degree with the. Um, you know, the ghost cars, whatever they're called, dude. Driver tars. Yeah. Um, Driver tars, yeah. So, it, like, because I guess, yeah, it's just, I I, I guess the, the thing that's making it, the, the terminology cloud native gaming is not the same to me as cloud supported, or, you know, and I guess that's what's throwing me off here. And, and in which case, if it is a game that is entirely running or being streamed from the cloud, my my question is like why? <laughs> like how so is there's that no going? hardware? There's no hardware constraints for anyone that wants to play it. If the game's built entirely in the cloud and it's like Series X quality, it essentially means I could stream it off a fucking my shitty Asus laptop underneath my my bed, which if I, I get. wanted to. Yeah, which and it's I... just like I'm playing a Series X game. But that surely that, that's what know. surely that's what X Cloud is for, though, right? Like you can stream whatever game you want like from the server blades rather than running it natively, which I get, I get that. But like, is it, is, doesn't it become like a bit of a Jack of all trades, master of none? Like if you're making games where you have to compromise like input delay and like visual fidelity, like yada, 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 because it, it needs to run from the cloud. I, I don't know. I like making a game, making a game based on that. It's confusing me. And clearly these people know what they're talking about. And I don't, but that's why I'm struggling when, when they eventually get in front of people to explain what this publishing art wing is going to do, they right. need to explain like what the fuck and i, I guess like it, it won't never really will make sense until like a game is actually shown you know like it, it won't really come together yeah. but that's where i'm at i'm just not quite understanding how this is like you know like good <laughs> i understand the technology from like the technology angle it's very interesting i, I get that but i'm not seeing yeah. how this is going to result in better like games i suppose um because it's a good yeah. supplement to me cloud is a good supplement that's what i think of but not as like a native thing so i suppose yeah i, I don't know that's it i just i just don't know exactly i don't know either it's 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 something you have to see it's something you need more information on um but you know yeah it has the potential to be pretty cool and just you know create less con- uh restraints for the for the user yeah um so we'll have to wait and see 
Well, how does how does the Switch stuff work? Do you know anything about that? Because apparently they the Switch streams like a, a lot of its stuff. Like some of the high the games that the Switch can't run, it like literally relies quite heavily on streaming, doesn't it? Where like a lot of other games don't, which is why the ports come so late. But I don't really understand how that works and how they make it handle so well. Um, I don't know. You know, Nintendo will have their own cloud servers, mm. uh, server blades, and information that's obviously just feeding into the game live, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I never actually heard that about the Switch, to be honest. That's new. That's news. Yeah, me. I've heard like like Doom, thing. for example. Like yeah, most of the game is streamed. Um, because the, oh, game, okay. the game just wouldn't be able to run it. Um, so, oh, well, if, if anybody knows more than we do about this, yeah, please enlighten us. Like, because um, it's over my head. Mm. All right. And last real news story for today is that is it just it was a little nine years celebration of Idea Xbox. Um, Ooh. Yeah, which was funnily enough the same time we heard about the Halo TV show. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, <sighs> Since uh, since the program's inception, independent developers have earned more than $2.5 billion in royalties and total revenue generated by IDEA Xbox partners. Xbox almost doubled over the last three years. So IDEA Xbox has been one of those like really successful initiatives. Always thought the name was a bit weird. I always remember iDarb. I, I, yeah. Xbox, I remember iDarb. Um, yeah. And it, it never really came together when it was first announced. I remember at like the start of the Xbox One generation, it was like, idea, you're like, okay, I guess it's like for smaller games. But the stuff yeah. that was in there was mostly not like it was never marketed that well. Nothing really ever caught my eye. But in the last, like, I would say five years, you know, not only has the scope of indie games like seems to me, maybe I was just ignorant to it, but it seems like a lot of the scope of my uh, independent games has like gotten bigger. Um. Yeah, Xbox always do a really good job of, of like promoting these indie devs and indie games and Games Pass. Mm. You know, spoken about it, like it gives them a real platform and a chance to get onto those, uh, break into the market, um, with, with very low barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, idea Xbox has come leaps and bounds since it since it first started. It's kind of crazy. It's it's a really big name now. Um, in yeah. terms of just like the whole Xbox, like uh um ecosystem and stuff like that so um but yeah i think i think you're right i i i do think just one i think the standard of of indie games has has gone up a lot um and i think as we've uncovered these genres and these genres become more popular for like roguelites and stuff like that and they're so much more um the users are so much more aware of these genres now um that i feel like it's kind of given it that 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 kick up the ass, um, and they're they're really popular now. Um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I yeah, I guess I guess to a degree, like you know, reflecting on it a little bit, there definitely have there has been a history of of indie games being like breakout successes, but like not to the degree that we see now. You know, you see no. like every month now, it seems like there's like the, the you know the indie game of the month kind of thing that that is like broken through, and you know. Because before ID Xbox, you know, it used to be the the summer of arcade, didn't it, or whatever it was, and you know, there were things yeah. like Castle Crashes or um, Battle Block Theater. You know, I think back to Explosion Man as well, and these were all games um, uh, that were, yeah, exactly, that were, were really popular. But you, you, you know, you they were quite few and far between. Whereas now, with ID and Xbox, ID Xbox, you get these sorts of games at a really frequent cadence. Um, 
Yeah, you know, big, big up idea Xbox. That's got to be one of the most successful initiatives that Xbox has invested in since the start of the well, since the start of last gen. Now, I guess. I think so. Yeah, and it's something they probably they stuck with as well. Like, cause it wasn't always big, and they were probably just like, you know, a few times they were like, should we just like maybe <laughs> bail on this? But I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if discussions like that were had, you know, back on its launch and stuff like that um but yeah like i said it's come leaps and bounds and yeah it's big now so yeah absolutely absolutely brilliant well um that's all the news for this week um i don't know how we managed to go on for so long to be honest i guess you know yeah we it didn't feel like that long but yeah i get that a lot to be fair <laughs> yeah <laughs> i really i don't <laughs> Well, if you enjoyed listening in today, uh, we'd really appreciate a thumbs up. Maybe subscribe if you want to hang around. Uh, you can find us on all uh, popular podcasting services. Um, we usually upload late Sunday, early Monday, so expect that. Hopefully, that's when this will be live for you. Um, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you all on the next one. Yeah. Give us a follow on Twitter as well, at QuickZoomPod. Yeah, this guy it. tweets bangers. This guy tweets bangers. All the time. That's all I tweet. Nothing but bangers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.